Hello, everyone. Welcome aboard to Thundercourt's nonprofit digital voyage, a show where we talk about tech, social, and public good, and how you can get involved. I'm your host, Sabrina, and I hope everyone can sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. If you're ready, let's set sail. Now, on to our episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's episode of Thundercourt's Nonprofit Digital Voyage. Today's special guest is none other than the human resource manager of Thundercourt itself, Miss Diana Farida. Hi, Diana. Welcome to the show. Hi, Sabrina. Hi, listeners. Um, yeah, hi, my name is Diana. As you guys heard earlier, I'm the HR manager of Thundercourt. Um, I'm happy and honored to be a part of this call. And also, um, thank you to the marketing team for having me on this podcast. Yeah. All right. So before we get into the main topic of today's episode, I just want you to like introduce yourself to our audience, particularly about your background and your work experience with Thundercoat. And maybe if you have volunteering experience as well with nonprofits. All right. Sure. So my background is business management, so I graduated in that. And uh, HR was never part of the plan, like the early plan. So I know I wanted to have a business through like all my work experiences at the end of the day. So my thought process was to try out and experiment various roles and see what I really end up liking. And at the same time, um, you know, an exposure to understand how businesses work. Lah. So when I started out in Thundercode, I was hired as a customer service, um, yeah, customer service exec for a part-time role. Mm-hmm. And through my time here at Thundercode, um, not only did I actually get to work on CS stuff, I actually got to experiment other stuff like business development, um, some operational work, and also I got to also dabble into a little bit of tech. So I did like data scrap, data scraping and tagging, which I know. I ended up not really liking it in the day as tech wasn't really my thing. So that's mm-hmm. when I went to that. And then eventually the opportunity for HR arised when our company had to evolve. Because back in the day, um, the Malaysia team only had like five full-time employees. Mm-hmm. So we were transi- transitioning into the non-profit, uh, consulting for the non-profit market. Of course, the team had to grow. So hence why we started the HR department and I was given an opportunity to help in the process of um, basically starting a department from scratch. And through that experience, I guess I can say I have found my home uh, in the sense where I really enjoy my role and what I get to do here for the company especially. Um, Yeah, that's part of my background. So in terms of volunteering, um, back in the days, like during high school, I was very actively involved in Interact Club. Like I used to find myself actually enjoying going to visit like the orphanage, um, helping out in the old folks home and soup kitchen. Um, But I never really, I never really thought of it in a way of, you know, I actually really like helping people. Like it wasn't something I looked back on even until actually the pandemic hit again uh Mm -hmm. that's when i realized like i actually really like helping people because um in the sense where in hr when the company was actually uh doing work like you know in terms of consulting you know they were really helping um the non-profits uh in terms of digitalization work right but Mm -hmm. then i was just doing hr 
So in a way, I actually felt really uh, demotivated to work at one point because I also wanted to, you know, help the non-profit. Mm-hmm. The feeling was just quite annoying and demotivating day to day. However, actually over time, like when as I started hiring more people for the company and seeing the changes that they are making for the company, I actually saw that as a way of, hey, actually I'm also helping the non-profits in a way because I'm hiring these people who can help service the clients and service the non-profits. So um, that actually, like that feeling actually uh, made me want to help the non-profits more. So like during the pandemic, I actually did the extra approach and initiative to like try to help in terms of donations or if I could volunteer for like any weekend events. So like mm-hmm. that's um, how I helped during, yeah. So that's pretty much what my volunteering experience. But in the future, I definitely hope that, you know, I can help more when I have more time. And also as, you know, our work culture is getting more flexible. So I try to make more time to help the nonprofits as well. Like even through freelancing work, if there's extra time, yeah. Okay, so I want to pick your brain as like a HR manager, mm-hmm. um, especially in talking about HR challenges that the nonprofit organizations face. So we know they have like a lot of challenges. I mean, nonprofit sector is not uh, exempt from HR challenges, right? So can you tell me more about what issues you've seen in the nonprofit and social service sector? Um, I guess starting with like the employee turnover rates and workloads because we always hear about high employee turnover. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that one I think um, doesn't only apply to nonprofits. It also applies to like you know normal businesses, right? Mm-hmm. How I mean, it can be expected to be a high turnover rate in the nonprofits, especially when we look into factors that limit them to actually functional um, function properly in the operational side of things on their end, right? Mm-hmm. So, like some of the ways they can definitely tackle the issue is by looking into di- digitalization. So like, for example, you know, you can look into all of your day-to-day processes and see if there's any tasks. So um, high employee turnover, I think this affects not only nonprofits but on a normal business as well. Um, so one, one of the few ways you can actually tackle this issue is through digi- digitalization. So for example, you can look into your day-to-day processes and see if like any task can be ot- automated in any way. Um, you know, when a task is automated, it actually helps to save time for the employees. For example, like um, when you adopt a CRM software, it actually tackles a lot of tasks that involves repetitive work and also manual work. So for example, um, rather than keying in all the client's details or a beneficiary's details into Excel, um, which can also be prone to human errors, you can adopt a CRM software which automatically helps to collect data from even the emails that you send out. Or it can even help track all the emails that you sent out. And that way, it also tackles communication and transparency in the company. yeah, and it also helps to reduce like operational costs. So in time, so in the sense where you don't really have to, you know, um, waste your budget by hiring more admin people when you mm-hmm. can reduce that. And then also, I think it's important to ensure that um, if you're hiring the right person and allocating the right resources for the job. So like, if you hired someone who doesn't have the right skills for the job, no doubt, no matter like what kind of job you give them, they're eventually going to feel disengaged and demotivated to do the job, right? Mm-hmm. And 
if you're talking about allocating the right resources, if the resources are not sufficient, it's going to give the same impact as well, where they're going to feel um, frustrated, burned out, and delayed in the delivery in terms of their work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's important to also look at employees as the success driver for your organization. So just like how um, you would service your beneficiaries well, because you want to give them a good experience, you want them to come back to you for help. Um, it's also important to treat your employees the same way. Um, they are, in, in other words, they also help your business run smoothly, just like how clients or benefic- beneficiaries helps to operate a business smoothly. Um, yeah, and also it's important to keep employees engaged. Like it's definitely important to invest in your employees, as I mentioned earlier. So you can also do this through training and development. I think this should be done more frequently in like more companies or something, you know, non-profits can adopt in Mm -hmm. their policy as well. Like um, when you're invested in your training and development, it also helps you to track your employees' progress. And also you get a gauge of their strengths and weaknesses. And also like, you know, what kind of tasks will they perform well in and what kind of tasks will they not perform well in. And when the employees actually feels like, you know, their employers are actually taking Um, actually taking care of them and you know assisting them in achieving their goals and objective they're gonna want to stay longer in the company Mm -hmm. as well yeah and I think the last important thing to take note of is like it's not only important to share constructive feedback but it's also important to be able to take feedback from the employees so you know this can be done through surveys or one-on-one sessions during your feedback sessions Um, But it's also important to give your employees a space for them to voice out their experience and expectations. Like if something is not aligned with their goal, can we as a company do better to help them achieve it? Can we provide more training materials? Yeah. Yeah, I think Mm -hmm. this will really help to reduce the turnover when it comes to like um, heavy workload and things like that. Okay. Going off of that. You know, like when you compare the work cultures of nonprofit and for-profit organizations, they work differently. So what would you do as a HR manager when you have a a new employee who just transitioned from a for-profit organization to a nonprofit organization to prevent any like culture shock? Hmm. Okay. Uh, So firstly, I think like what will help make my job as a HR manager but um, easier is if the employee actually did their research beforehand in the sense where, um, you know, like when you want to work or accept working at a non-profit, right? I think Mm -hmm. you definitely need to be aware of the change of the environment and the new challenges that you're going to face. And generally, I think when you make that transition into um, working in a non-profit industry, one of the biggest motivation would have been because you know you're looking for a more meaningful and a more purpose-driven job, hence mm-hmm. why you made the switch. So in order to facilitate that transition, I think it's great if like um you know people actually go out you know and speak to various people from this industry to really understand how the industry works. Um you know get best practices and tips that will help ease into the journey. So what I could do as a HR manager to help facilitate that process is actually 
So when people come into the company, actually assign people to like a buddy system. So someone who can actually share all these experiences, someone who can, you know, give the tips, um, best practices. And also like someone who can help um, into preparing that person for the mindset. And at the same time, also share um, the challenges that they're actually going to face in this role. Because at the end of the day, their motivations are going to be challenged, especially when it's a big culture change. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so I think body system will definitely work. Um, getting them to be more involved in like, um, you know, the calls that we make out to clients, um, basically get a feel before really starting on the job. So this is where like training and development also comes in. And also the onboarding process is really important. So yeah, definitely mm-hmm. to start on those two parts. When we're talking about like digitalization and how that like improves uh, the work processes, right? And how it eases the workload off of the staff. Um, what do you think happens when there's a change in the company organization, especially due to digitalization? And how does HR play a role in uh, helping that? Okay. Um, so I think in HR terms, or I think in business terms, we call this change management. Um, generally, HR plays a very important role in this. And I think the first thing like uh, employees or employers need to accept that companies will face changes every day uh, in terms of like, you know, when it comes to new expectations from employees, um, you know, even clients' behaviors can change. One day they like you, tomorrow they want to complain about you to the whole world. Or like, you know, Mm -hmm. in terms of new technologies. So like how the company usually reacts to these changes actually is within our control and hence why HR is important. And also usually when these changes happen, it's also um, important to address and accept the fact that uh, employees are going to, there are some employees who are going to be in shock, some employees who are going to be in denial and you know there are going to be some who's going to say i totally don't accept this at all mm-hmm. so um generally in change management i think there is like four principles i think where it's you know planning in advance where you can plan in advance to understand the change uh, plan for change implement the change and also communicate um these changes so for like it's important to understand firstly like why is there a need for the change to happen and what kind of impact it's going to make on the company and Mm -hmm. rather than worrying about what the future is going to bring or like you know what's going to happen to the company if this happens it's better to definitely prepare in advance by creating a plan for different future scenarios and usually this is done together with um, the management of the company and also with the HR because at the end of the day, HR is also involved in also planning like future roles that's going to be needed or how many employers will be needed and things like that. And as you are also implementing these changes, you should look into what kind of training will be required. So like what will also help people ease into the transition, uh, what kind of employees will require the support and of course, you know, who will be responsible to implement these changes and what kind of support they would need. And mm-hmm. lastly, is definitely um, communicating. So it's important to communicate so that the team members can get on board with the company's future plans. Mm-hmm. And I think besides this, um, how else HR helps is also um, 
we are one of those people who are involved in facilitating this communication with the employees. At the same time, we also get to gather their feedbacks and also address any concerns if the employee has. And then at the same time, we assist in building training programs. And we also get to um, track the impact of the performance. And it's also important to ensure like at the end of the day, despite all these changes, the culture is still in place and it's aligned with our company values. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, for our listeners, I think some of them may not know, but Thundercoat is a company that helps with digital transformation for nonprofits. We are consult we consult nonprofits in their process of digital transformation. Um, but my question for you is, uh, how is your experience with dealing with digital transformation itself? Because you mentioned, you know, Thundercoat uh, changed. Uh, their target, their direction to help with nonprofits, right? How is that experience and how did you deal with organizational changes relating to this digitalization and these changes? So personally for me, coming from a person from like a non-tech background, when all of this was happening during the pandemic, I was very confused. I'm like digital transformation. I think I was at one point I was equally as confused as like <laughs> if we are doing digital marketing. So I didn't really understand what digital transformation was. Um, but mm-hmm. after understanding what it does and the impact that it brings, I was totally on board. And as I said, you know, I found every motivation I can to help me keep. Uh, to keep going so that I can grow together with the company. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and personally, um, my experience with it... Sorry, what was the question about my experience again? Uh, like, um, how do you... What's your experience like dealing with the organizational changes? Because, you know, you went from... You said the Malaysia team only had like five people, five uh, permanent, five full-timers. Um, and then now we have more full-timers. How is that like for you? Yeah. Uh, okay, so I think one one story that I can share about was like, so as the team was growing and as we, as we are hiring people, so for one, it's going to take time to hire the right people for the job. You know, you need to make sure you're making the right hires so you're not wasting time. Because, you know, training, we only have like five people, right? Like, mm-hmm. just take which only had five people. So imagine training like one person for like three months and then they leave and then they're not the right hire and then you have to find someone again for the role. So we were very particular with who we hired into the company. So for me as a HR manager, at the same time, um, while there was a need for more people to to fill in the roles to get the job done, at the same time, we also have employees who are actually experiencing burnouts because they have to thank the other roles for the meantime so part of my job was you know not only finding people but I was also motivating like um, current employees mm-hmm. to basically be there for them um, address any issues uh, any concerns they have you know ensuring that they are not uh, reaching their capacity and not reaching out burnout um, yeah even for me of course I felt the pressure as well so the key was to you know have a positive mind and in order f- to have that is you also need to create a positive culture so i think we did a lot of like um uh, basically we, we put our employees first despite there was a high need of also hiring people mm-hmm. uh, yeah so i think it's important to have those principles um there 
and to keep in mind that you know you need to address your employees first they are your main people at the end of the day yep okay so i know you talked about um the different benefits of um having a digital transformation right especially for nonprofits, considering that their workload is really heavy um can you explain more about what these organizations can gain through all of the changes of digitalization uh, I think the most important impact that it will make is the fact that it gets to empower your employees in the sense where when you adopt digitalization, your time is going to be freed up because I mean your process is automated in a way you know you have more time to do other more valuable work. Um, and then also besides that, like when any of your process is automated, you can also expect a reliable outcome which benefits like the company because it also helps to um, achieve greater transparency and fairness mm-hmm. and then also like your work is you know is less prone to human errors for example like um, when I'm doing recruitment right uh, prior to this you know I used to key in all the um, candidates details through Excel you know their email their contact number and then like um, I have to copy paste like important notes into Excel but like when I adopted a software, when I started using a software for the recruitment process, it literally tracked like all the candidates' details. So like I didn't have to constantly retype all the notes to share with everyone. I can just share the link to the site and then ask everyone to go look at it and then ask me any questions you have. So meeting times are basically more effective because you're only asking the right questions. So I didn't have to waste time refreshing and sharing with everyone about the candidate. Um, yeah, so that it really helps to save time, which I guess it also means um, agile working in a way. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, I think um, ultimately it also helps with making better decisions because digitalization and information goes hand in hand. If you think about it, like as information is analyzed, it also transforms into knowledge and knowledge also leads to better decisions. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So... I'm interested to know what's your favorite thing about being in HR so far, considering that, you know, your background has always been in business and then, you know, you end up being in HR and you, you as you said, you found a home here in this uh, in this position. So, yeah, share, me, share with me something that you like about being in HR. Um, when the employees are happy. It honestly makes me super happy as well. Like I can go to sleep with a peace of mind when the employees are happy. Um, Kevin's wife likes to call me the mother hen of the company and <laughs> I actually can relate to that. Uh, so and even in the sense of like, you know, when I see an employee feeling very proud of what they've done or when they've completed a project or like when interns share me of like, you know, um, when they create a proposal for like a collaboration project and looking at the work done, I feel so proud. Like, oh my God, look what my kid has done. You know, <laughs> they are also happy and that really keeps me going. And I guess it results to the fact that I get to help people at the end of the day. Um, and the fact that Tandako has given me a place to do that, yeah, makes me really happy to be here and want to help more for the company. Um, so what are your hopes for the future, both for Tandeko and also for the nonprofit sector? Um, all right. So for 
the company, of course, um, I definitely hope like the company grows. Like in terms of our presence, like I hope more people are aware of who we are, so that we can, you know, uh, as more people know, we are able to make more impact. And also at the same time, I think like what we do actually really helps to inspire more young generation to want to help more in the nonprofit mm-hmm. industry. Because before this, you know, we've always been introduced to, okay, you know, we can go help out, but uh, volunteer in the sense where we go clean their house, you know, donate food or teach them. Whereas um, we don't really, it's not really known to do more um, service delivery work in terms of volunteering. Like, for example, um, I think it's not really a common practice here, especially, for example, it's like, you know, students can be more actively involved in the sense where they can help um, non-profits with their digital marketing, for instance, or even help build websites and mm-hmm. things like that. So I hope we continue. I hope, sorry, I hope we continue to inspire more young people to want to do that, because like, especially during interviews, it's very fulfilling when I hear um, people share about you know how we make them feel. And so even if people don't come to work with us, I hope we continue to inspire people to do it outside of Thundercode even. And for non-profits, um, I hope more help comes their way. I hope more companies um, will, you know, like for companies like, for private companies like us, like for Thunderquote, I hope there's more companies out there who want to help more non-profits in helping them to digitalize their day-to-day work or even um, basically help them to be more um, in line with what the industry is today at least. Yep. Hmm, okay, so before we end, the episode. Any final remarks from you? Um, Thundercode is always hiring. Like we are always looking <laughs> for people. Yes, self promo. I mean HR promo time. Um, <laughs> anyways, yeah, Thundercode is always hiring. Like we do not have a limited amount of time of like when we are looking for people. Like we literally hire uh, all around the year. And even if you don't see like a specific JD related. Um, to a specific job, like as in, example, if you're looking for a data analyst job and it's not on our website, um, feel free to always just um, send us an email, drop us your resume, introduce yourself because end of the day, we, how to say, uh, one, one culture that we practice is that, you know, we like to meet interesting people and we would like to help them grow as well. I mean, of course, it'll benefit the company, but at the same time, um, you know, we like we like finding potentials. We like maximizing potentials. So yeah, do not feel free feel free to apply for Thundercore. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Um, and with that, we've arrived at the end of the episode. Thank you so much to Diana for sharing this conversation with me today, and uh, thank you to our listeners for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed today's show, and I'll see you in the next one. Bye. Bye, set sail. And that was today's episode. If you enjoyed today's show, please subscribe and leave a review. It would mean a whole lot to us. You can also head over to our website at thunderquote.org to gain access to our free digital resources. See you next time.